Hi, you're listening to Coffee and Magic with Sarah Amala. Pictures, but to like put a face with your live voice. I love it. Thank you. It's so, it's so exciting to have you here. Thank you for, for being in your car. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My um, sweet little tiny house has many virtues. Reliable internet is not one of them. So um, this is the best option right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we got to make it work however it works. <laughs> yes. Hi, Tiffany. Hello, hello. Um, well, I'm excited to have this chat and I apologize in advance because I'm having one of those days where my English words are just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so we'll just see how it goes. But you're in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I live on the island of Maui right now. I'll be here for another month. I've lived here for two years and I'm moving back to the mainland and then to Germany. Um, in a couple months. So yeah, big, big time of transition. But yeah, Maui is a it is a lovely place. There's a lot of feminine energy here, um, which is a really sweet thing to be a part of. Yeah, I think the only time I went to Hawaii, I did go to Maui. Yeah. And it was really, really beautiful. So mm. Mm. I love that. Well, okay, so guys, this is Britta. And I found Britta while doing my favorite thing scrolling on TikTok. <laughs> all of our favorite things these days <laughs> you, like this is very important sometimes it <laughs> but, is but it really is I've learned so much on TikTok over the past few months that I've been on there in like little 60 second increments and one of the things that really popped out for me with with your stuff is that I've had so many people tell me these things before and it the information did not stick with me and so I've gotten to the point where I'm almost guessing my cycles from time to time because I just can't keep track of it. And the way that you were speaking about the cycles and almost how like you're, you have four different yous in a month. I was like, oh, right. That makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. And the interesting thing about cyclical living and our cycles as female bodied people is how inaccessible this information is. And that's a big part of my desire is to make it very accessible. Like this is not mainstream knowledge. And my desire is for that to change very quickly in the next five years or so. Um, I do think it's becoming more spoken about thanks to things like, you know, TikTok. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's often very inaccessible. It's a lot of like medical language and like terminology and okay, you have to know all of these intricate things about your hormones. And it's, it's really so much simpler than that. Like we can have that knowledge, but if you can just understand, yeah, there are four versions of you in the month, they're kind of divided. Like one, each one has a week or so. And that when we understand that we can um, just create a lot more ease for ourselves, honestly. Mm. And that's so true too, because previously up until very recently you know we've been kind of looked at as like this other species and almost like you're supposed to be the same way all the time and you if you can't control that you are looked at as a crazy emotional person and even that you know that joke that men always love to say is like oh is it your time of the month is it your time of the month I've gotten to the point where if anyone says that to me I almost I, I almost have rage to the point where I'm like Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because I mean, as you know, as I know, as I think most people probably popping on here know, like we have been operating in this patriarchal structure for 2000 plus years now, and it just does not honor the feminine energy. It doesn't honor the female body. It doesn't honor women as a collective. Um, 
And so because of that, yeah, we're expected to perform like men, this expectation that you show up more or less the same way every day of the month. That is correct for most male bodied people. Like that is how men's hormones run. Men exist more or less on a 24 hour hormonal cycle. And so they are experiencing kind of like the same um, version of themselves every day. And it's correct to do the same thing every day if you are in a male body for like, again, the vast majority of people, right? Like 95 plus percent, we're always going to have a few outliers here and there. Um, for, for the female body, like we don't operate that way. We operate on this month long hormonal cycle. And so that means that by expecting ourselves to show up at the same way, in the same way at the same time, every day of the week, every week of the month, we basically just set ourselves up for burnout, um, for failure, for a lot of frustration. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's, this is why your work is so important because just like learning about neurodivergency makes you feel empowered and not like you're a crazy person that can never get to where you're supposed to get to. This really helps a lot too to understand that you're, you're not built to operate in this system. It's stacked against you because it's made for something else entirely. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think keeping in mind, like the system isn't wrong. It just doesn't serve half the population. You know what I mean? Like it serves half of the population pretty well. Like it was set up pretty well for men. And so if I was a man and I was running the world, I probably would have set things up to, you know, accommodate my personal body systems as well. Nobody was consciously aware of this. It was just men were in power. So they set things up in a way that made logical sense to them. Um, if we look back at matriarchal societies, things operated much more in a cyclical fashion, much more on month long cycles. Like that was normal because when women are setting the standards, you naturally want to do what feels intuitively correct for your body. Um, we, I think part of the problem is that we are so disconnected from our intuition as a society, like from understanding really being present with our bodies, what are our bodies asking us for? What are we intuitively craving? What do our souls and our spirits need? And so this disconnection makes it just so much easier to like buy into whatever the overarching system is, which in this case is one that doesn't honor this um, female cycle. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if we're talking about our cycles and how to figure this out, and I'm probably your wonderful test guinea pig because I can literally not remember anything about my cycle except when it starts, right? Mm -hmm. so, so if we're saying, okay, the first day of your period, where are we at? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to give some like day averages and everything I say is going to be based on like a 28-day cycle because that's the average. Not everybody operates on a 28 day cycle, but that does tend to be, you know, average points. So most people are, you know, a little less or a little above that. Um, so starting on day one of your cycle. So that's when you start bleeding the start of your period when you're menstruating days one through five, I would name that inner winter. So I like to use the metaphor of inner seasons. Inner seasons are basically just a simplified symbolism metaphor to understand the physical and mental and emotional and spiritual changes we're experiencing all month long. And most of us are familiar with the seasons of the year. And it's really an ideal way to 
comprehend kind of the complex hormonal changes that are happening. And so we start with inner winter, then we move into inner spring, inner summer, and then inner autumn. So inner winter is the start of your bleeding time. So the days that you are actually bleeding. So if you're bleeding for an average of like five days, then the first five days of your cycle would be this time of inner winter. Um, after that, we transition into inner spring, which is the week or so after you bleed biologically that's called the follicular phase but you know not that many of us are super interested in all the medical terminology right. the week after that is inner summer that's your ovulatory phase so the week around ovulation obviously you're only ovulating for like a day or two but it's the week surrounding that and then we end with inner autumn which is the week before your period so like your premenstrual phase when we would maybe say like oh i'm having pms or where we often get get asked those questions like oh, is your period coming? Like, are you, are you nearing that time of the month? So that's the overarching, um, how the seasons line up day wise. I can go into a ton of detail about like what that means if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's so funny. Um, you said the, what stood out to you was like, oh, there are four different versions of myself. And when you hopped on this call, you were saying, I'm not feeling like super articulate today. My English words, I'm definitely curious about where you're at in your cycle. I, I will be able to actually tell you, and I'm very proud of myself because I know. So, <laughs> and anyone who follows me knows like me telling what day it is, is not my jam, but on new moons, that has been when I start the first day of my period. And so mm. new moon is Tuesday. Yep. That means I'm in my inner autumn. Yep. Yeah. So you're in late inner autumn about to transition into inner winter. So yeah, that is the time of your cycle when you are less articulate. Um, so women are most articulate around ovulation, which would be their inner summer phase. So you are less articulate, less, um, really less, part of the extroverting world like it feels more natural during late inner autumn and inner winter to turn inward to slow down um, to be by yourself more and so things like speaking to a bunch of people or stringing your words together in a super um, outwardly coherent way is not the strength there are absolutely other strengths that time of the month but speaking publicly is maybe not one of them <laughs> and so yeah I can dive, dive in a little more and just ask questions as you have them and stop me as you want and yeah. so inner winter, if we start with that inner winter time, the first five or so days of our cycle, that is, well, whenever you're bleeding, if you have a three-day bleed, your inner winter would be for three days. If you have a seven-day bleed, it would be for about, you know, seven days or so. Um, that is our time to slow down and rest. If you think about winter in nature, winter is a time where everything dies. It hibernates. It goes to sleep. Um, we you know, in our modern day culture, we've scheduled a lot of holidays during winter. So winter, we can think of Christmas and that's like excitement. Okay. But if we think about nature during winter time, it really is a time for rest, slowing down. It's cold outside. It's not natural to be out and hustling and bustling and greeting people. What's actually natural during that time is to light a fire, gather around the fire, slow down, turn inward, be with yourself, reflect on the year because you can't be, you know, planting crops, if we think about more of a traditional connection to the earth. And so in our winter, when we are bleeding, our energy is at its absolute lowest. Hormonally, all of our hormones, all of our sex hormones are like 
they've leveled out. They're at like base level. We hardly have anything. And so because of that, our energy is also at its absolute lowest. This means that what is really correct during this time is to rest, like rest deeply. Your body's doing intense work. Like it's releasing, a, you're losing a lot of blood. You're releasing a lot of blood. You're releasing the lining of your uterus, um, releasing a lot of minerals and nutrients through that blood. And so you do not have the energy to sustain what may be sustainable two weeks later or what was sustainable two weeks ago. And so this is not, it's not a weakness, right? Like there's nothing wrong with taking time to slow down and rest. We live in this society that really disdains rest. Like we have this weird relationship with slowing down. Like you have to earn it or you're lazy, right? And so that's Deuce kind of the Deuce. language. Yeah, right? That's kind, of, that's kind of the language we give ourselves. Like, oh, I'm having a lazy day or I've earned it. I've worked really hard, so I deserve rest. Your body needs rest. If we look at most mammals, most mammals spend most of their days like laying around. That is what is correct for a mammal body a lot of the time. Um, and so as female bodied people, we have this time of the month that's really set up for, um, for, I was just looking at a comment, IUD. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about this. Yeah, we'll talk about, I think I'm sure we'll get into birth control. There's a whole other world there as well. Um, so inner winter, this time of slowing down, of turning inward, really coming home to our bodies, to ourselves. I like to say that each inner season has specific superpowers or gifts. And so the superpowers of inner winter would be receiving intuition, clarity, because we are not as out in the outer world where our bodies don't want us to be as out in the outer world. It really is the time to come home to your internal self, your internal world. It's this like symbolic death and rebirth, almost a physical death and rebirth, because you are literally losing all this blood. You're releasing um, the lining of your uterus. That cycle is dying so that a new one can be reborn. Um, and this is something that's really powerful that I think is available to women is this opportunity to die and be reborn every month, which really just speeds up our self-growth process when we're in tune with it and we can act in alignment with it. So that's kind of like overarching view inner winter. Of inner winter. And like, if you kind of connect that with lunar cycles, and if you do start your inner winter on the new moon, then like that, if that you're like dark moon leading up to that. And it yeah. literally is re like starting new again. That's amazing. Totally. Yeah. And so that would be the phase of the moon that inner winter would most like naturally align with, right? So the new moon and inner winter are going to have the same kind of energy. And so if you are bleed, if you're bleeding on the new moon time, like you are, that's probably going to feel more energetically aligned than if you're bleeding on the full moon, which I've been doing lately. Um, and so there's actually different terminology that can be given to whether you're more of a new moon bleeder or a full moon bleeder. And of course we all shift and change over the course of our lives. Um, but the energy most naturally aligns with new moon. Yeah. Dark moon, slowing down, turning inward, envisioning really for the month ahead. Um, because if we're taking this time to rest, especially days one and two of our cycle, like that is one of the things that I strongly encourage all menstruating people to do is that if you can rest 
on the first two days of your cycle as much as possible, you are going to set yourself up for so much more ease and productivity actually the rest of the month. And that's not even talking about the way this can nourish you spiritually. Like that's just from a physical and productivity standpoint. If you allow your body to rest when it most needs it, you set yourself up to be more energized later in the month. That makes a lot of sense. And I can speak to that because my, I think for the past six months, I've been really doing that. The first couple days, I'm like, off we go. And it's been huge. Like the insights that come through and even just my personal energy levels and my attitudes better. Like I, I need that time. But just like as a, a side note, because I know a lot, a lot of people have been experiencing different symptoms with their menstruation that are totally out there. And it's been aligning with all these energy upgrades coming through and all of that healing. But I have so many um, people in community that either um, are not menstruating anymore, are like on IUDs or some sort of birth control mm -hmm. or do have hysterectomies and, and, and that kind of thing. How, like, how would we tie into that? Yes. Yeah. And so it would really be aligning with the moon, right? The moon and um, like the female reproductive system, they, they mirror each other. Like there's a reason that people call it, oh, my moon cycle, right? Even if you're not lined up with the moon. Um, so tapping into the energy of the moon would be a great way to do that. I would say, especially if you are like, you're not bleeding at all because you've had a hysterectomy because, um, because like not because you're on birth control for any other biological reason you're postmenopausal or you are having some kind of hormonal deficiency and you've really you're like oh i haven't bled in like four months but i'm not on birth control like what's going on and you're still wanting to tap into that cyclical feminine energy my suggestion would be aligning with the cycle of the moon mm -hmm. um birth control is like a whole whole other thing because it suppresses your hormone levels despite what a lot of doctors like to say, which is that it balances your hormones. It's just not accurate. It does not balance your hormones. It suppresses your hormones. Um, and so rather than experiencing this cycle that creates hormonal waves of like this, you kind of see the symbol I'm doing with my hand. I'm doing like a high, high wave, like big crest, and then a low dip. Um, what you may be experiencing if you're on any kind of hormonal birth control would be like a little bit of a bump and then a little bit of a dip. Right. And so maybe that sounds better from a logical perspective, living in this like very linear male society that sounds like, oh, cool. I want to be more steady because my society expects me to be steady all the time. The problem is when we don't experience these hormonal waves and dips, um, we are harming our bodies on a holistic level because our bodies rely on these hormones. And so I'm not anti-birth control. I think it's a really great tool. I'm really glad it exists. I'm really thankful it's available. And I think that... As a culture, we are very undereducated on what it's doing to us. Um, so I posted a few TikToks about that, and we can go into that more if you want, um, or, or save it for later. Totally up for you. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of miseducation on what birth control is doing to our bodies. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I kind of want to stick with the cycles because this is so yes. interesting. Yeah. So that was inner winter, mm -hmm. which is the first, the, the first days of your bleeding. Yes, you're all we're your entire bleeding time. Whenever you're actively bleeding, I would say if you tend to spot after you bleed, maybe the beginning of spotting is leading you into inner spring. Um, 
inner winter is the days when you are having like a full flow, right? Like you need, or you desire some kind of like product. Like you want to use a tampon if that's what you use or a pad, or I personally prefer like period panties or a menstrual cup. Um, but you need something to, you know, catch the blood if you're not wanting it to be everywhere. Those would be the days that would be your inner winter. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then we move into inner spring. Spring, yes. And so after winter comes spring. And so if mm-hmm. we think about springtime in nature, it's this time when the world is waking up. Things are coming back to life. It's the season of rebirth, of newness, of blooming. And so biologically what happens is your hormones start to rise again, particularly your estrogen starts rising. And so when your estrogen rises, your energy level rises. Um, when your estrogen rises, also you start producing more serotonin and more endorphins. And so it's all of these happy chemicals are returning. It makes you feel kind of new and fresh and re-excited about life, especially after the lower energy of inner winter. It's this time of often returning inspiration. So the superpowers or gifts of inner spring would be inspiration, optimism, hope, um, rising creativity, Um, even a little bit of fearlessness, like inner spring is an ideal time. If you're needing to try something new or you're wanting to do something that's kind of outside of your comfort zone, try to do it in your inner spring. If you can align that because more endorphins, more serotonin, it's going to make you feel happier and more fearless, more confident um, than you have been in the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It's a great time also to like start new projects. I mean, it's like spring in nature. It's a time of rebirth of newness. So anytime that you can create newness or rebirth in your own life, whether that's like in your business, in your work, you're starting a new project, start it then. Um, If you're wanting to begin a new habit, like, wow, I really want to start implementing this like movement or exercise routine, or I want to start adding this into my daily practice try adding it in inner springs, you're going to have more of the motivation to do so then. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And kind of like speaking about movement, would you also say like that with following these different inner seasons, different types of exercise make more sense at different times? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So inner winter is going to be that time of slowing down. And so it is time for little to no movement, especially on days one and two. Um, because your body's doing so much work already. That's just like a way to think about it. You're releasing this whole lining that's been building up in your body for a month of your uterus. You're releasing all of that and your hormones are so low. You don't have the physical energy to push yourself a lot on days one and two of your bleed. So really resting during that time. And then as you're transitioning into days three, four, five, maybe six and seven, if you have a longer bleed, adding in more gentle movement. So like long, slow walks, um, restorative or yin yoga, stretching, things that are very nurturing, slow, um, recovery-based because your body is recovering in a natural way. It's designed to do it, but it is recovering from bleeding. And so then when we transition into inner spring, which is that follicular phase, um, your estrogen's rising, your endorphins are rising. This is a great time to um, engage in like resistance exercises. During your follicular phase, you actually build more muscle. Like biologically, you build more muscle during this week of the month. So if you are wanting to like build muscle, do more of your resistance-based exercises during this week of the month. So the week right after you bleed and do less during your bleeding time. And so it's really an important way for women who are 
exercising or trying to, especially if you have like a specific body goal, like, oh, I really want to build more muscle. I want to be more toned or I want to be more strong, whatever it is to be aware that working out every single day or every other day does not serve you biologically. So mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh, okay, I'm going to work out every other day. So what, that would be like 15 ish days a month. I'm going to work out every day in my follicular phase. And I'm going to work out only one day in my inner winter menstruation phase. And so kind of starting to break things up like that. And then, that you know, more in your inner yeah. summer and inner autumn. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. And also it, it kind of flies in the face of the conventional exercise, like mentality, which is a very, like, it's a very masculine energy because it's like, you know, usually you start a six week program and it's like ramping up and it's like six days, take one day off, that kind of thing. And in the past when I've been in that cycle, like even, even on days that I was like starting my period, I would push through and I would be so weak, Mm -hmm. but I'd say, I have to push through. I have to do it. I have to accomplish it. And this is such a more nurturing way of treating yourself, like, and knowing that the results you you can get them and they'll be probably easier and better because you're not attacking the way that your body actually moves and responds to things. Yes, completely. And this, I don't know if you can hear, but this rooster outside my car agrees with us. Just flying away. Can you hear? No. Oh, you can't hear him? Oh my gosh, he's so loud. He's just like, given his little morning clock. He's like, yes, yes, exercise in alignment with your cycle. Yeah, it's really because we're not pushing ourselves to burnout, right? Um, when we're trying to do that every single day, we set ourselves up for burnout and people burn out in different ways at different times. So for me, my burnout is about three months. I can go for about three months pushing myself every single day. And then right around the third month, I will usually get sick. So I was, before I started working in alignment with my cycle, I was getting sick like once every three months. And I thought it was so strange because I know I have a healthy immune system. Like I wasn't, I know that my body was strong. I know that there was nothing like off for me internally. I would just kept getting sick, like a little cold every three months, like clockwork enough to the point where I decided to start tracking it. I was like, I'm going to start tracking like how often I'm getting sick. Cause this is really weird. And once I started working in alignment with my cycle, I stopped getting sick. Like I've been sick now, I think like twice in the past three years, as opposed to, I was sick every three, every three months. And all that I changed was living in alignment with my cycle. Um, and so looking back on it, once I began the cycle awareness practice and had a few years of data of that, I looked back and I saw, wait, I think that was the result of me just pushing myself to burnout. I wasn't letting my body rest when it naturally needed to every month. So in order to create rest, my body would be like, mm, you're getting a little cold now so that you will actually lay in bed and rest for a few days. That makes so much sense. Like pulling the plug. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was like, mm, you're done. You didn't listen. So here you go. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear him just a little bit a few minutes, like a few seconds ago. Just agreeing, you know, bringing in the divine masculine for us. Thank you, Mr. Rooster. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of inner spring, big picture. And after inner spring, oh, the days for inner spring would be again, like the week after you bleed. So if you're on an average of a 28 day cycle, it would be days like six through 12 ish, six through 13, somewhere in there. And I always like to give ish days, like generalizations because everybody is different and this is really the value in starting to track your cycle because you can start to recognize okay these are the days of my cycle when I transition from one inner season to the other and when we have that information we can just plan life so that it 
we're more productive one, which is great, but really, yeah, more ease, more nourishment, more nurture, um, honoring, honoring our body's needs. Mm -hmm. And so around day 13, 14 or so, we transition into inner summer and that will go for about a week or so. So days 13 to 20, 21 ish. Um, and inner summer is the ovulatory phase. So it is the energy surrounding ovulation. But again, you're only actually ovulating for a day or two. But your fertile window, like when you are able to get pregnant, is typically throughout that inner summer week, um, sometimes a little into the inner end of inner spring and then through inner summer. Inner summer, like summertime in nature, it's this time of like vibrancy, of warmth, of brightness, of abundant growth, right? If we think about inner summer or summer in nature, we want to be outside, right? Like it's like, let's go on vacation. Let's see friends. Um, let's play. Let's be in the water. Let's be in the fields. Like let's engage life in this very vibrant way. And so during this week of the month, our hormones are like happy hormones basically reach their peak. So our estrogen and our testosterone peaks during this week. And so what this does for us is it uh, creates an increase in confidence. It creates an increase. Um, your sex drive is typically highest during this week. Um, because your sex drive is the highest and what your body is like wanting to do, if you're having a normal menstrual cycle, what your body's wanting to do is conceive this week, right? But most of us aren't trying to conceive all the time or aren't wanting to have children. And so you can use this conceptive life force energy and direct it toward your projects and goals and the things you're really wanting to birth or cultivate in your life. So if for most of us, it's not like a baby, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a new relationship, maybe it's a creative endeavor, um, maybe it's something in your business, right? Um, confidence peaks or sexuality peaks. It's this time of adventurousness, um, of abundance, of really like vibrancy. And so biologically, our skin is often like most glowy during this time. Our hair is most shiny. Um, our pheromones are like most attracted to other people. So energetically, this is like a time of magnetism, right? We magnetize people to us during this time. And so using that energy effectively is really honestly tapping into a lot of the like typical masculine energies. Inner summer has more of a masculine energy as opposed to inner winter has a very feminine energy, right? Inner winter, feminine energy, this time of receiving, slowing down, receptive intuition. Inner summer is I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to be in action mode. And so during inner summer, we don't need as much like biologically our bodies are like we got it like we're good we can take care of ourselves and a bunch of other people so you may notice that you're able to like not get a lot of sleep and still have an amazing day and be incredibly productive and see your friends and have a great social time and feel confident and creative mm. and you know um pinging this with the cycles of the, the moon this would be full moon then yes so yep. I love, I love your, um, your advice. If you are not having like a, you know, you're not having a noticed menstrual cycle, or if you're not menstruating anymore to kind of align yourself with the lunar cycles, it make, it just makes so much sense. And I, w I don't know why my brain didn't even like pick up on that before, but it's, it really helps too to make you feel connected because I know that, 
you know, for so many, you're having a menstrual cycle is what makes you feel like you are part of that feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And although I'm still menstruating, I can imagine when like you move more closer into a crone phase, or maybe if you're just, you know, something's happened and that's, that's, that's how life is right now. It can feel like you're not as connected to those cycles and being able to say, no, 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 you're still completely connected and you always have the lunar cycles to align yourself with feels really welcoming and supportive. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Completely. Um, so I lead a course called Inner Seasons Immersive with my dear friend Elizabeth Keir and our most recent, um, it was an, it's like an online course in intimate women's circle. And so our, in our most recent circle, two of the women were actually postmenopausal and they still were so engaged in this work, just lining it up with the cycles of the moon. Yeah. Because inner seasons, yes. If you have a menstrual cycle, there's like the natural plug-in for each of the inner seasons. But if you don't, like you said, it is not inaccessible. It is not inner seasons are not something that's like, well, you better have a bleed and it better be regular and you better be menstruating and you better be ovulating in order to tap into this. No, no. The inner seasons are always available. And each person just kind of has these different avenues. Like, do you want to approach it directly through your menstrual cycle, completely through the lunar cycle, or some kind of combination of the two? If you know, general, like, you know, you're having some kind of cycle, but it's super irregular. And so how do you find the medium there? Maybe you create some kind of um, lunar cycle based calendar for yourself that still honors your individual needs as they arise, you know, in different weeks. And again, that's tracking, like tracking is really valuable for that because if you are someone who's still having a menstrual cycle, but it's not regular, which is a lot of people, um, tracking can really help you notice the patterns that are regular, even if your bleeding time changes month to month. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And in terms of it aligning with the energies of the moon, um, historically, most women would have bled on the new moon and ovulated on the full moon. So the reason for this, it's just, it's purely biological. Um, from an evolutionary perspective, the female body evolved to ovulate during the full moon time because when you're ovulating, you can get pregnant. And when it's full moon time, there is more light. You can see, um, you can be awake at night to be having sex. Like it keeps you <laughs> up. Um, and especially in a less safe, you know, outer environment, the moon allowing you to see helps you be able to see who you're choosing to have sex with during that time. And so you want to be able to choose a mate that is going to, you know, help you have healthy children. Um, and so, you know, physical attributes can sometimes be indicators of that. So that's part of why women would ovulate around the full moon. And so then two weeks from that would be the new moon. You'd be bleeding during the new moon, the dark time um, of the month. And so when it's dark, you don't want to be outside. You don't want to be finding a partner in the nighttime hours. You want to be reclusive, staying safe inside. It's dark out there. There's no need to be out there. And so you can just focus on bleeding and resting. Now, so here's the question, because I know it's, it's going to align with Cindy's question too. And, you know, a lot of people have had this happen where let's say, you know, I'm a new moon bleeder now. What's happened to me in the past many, many times is all of a sudden my cycle will shift where then I'm bleeding in the middle. I'm not new moon or full moon. Mm -hmm. And then I completely shift over to full moon. Yep. And like those two months and like two cycles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, this feels like a thing. And I've heard people say before that, you know, moving from new moon to full moon, what is it like red moon and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a white moon cycle and a red moon cycle. 
Yeah. And like that it kind of is a, well, what I've heard, if I can remember, but um, is that one is more aligned with like the crew, like motherhood and like creation of the babies. Whereas the other one is more crone energy and not necessarily creation energy. What, what do you think? Yes. Yeah. It's so funny because I just did two TikToks on these that I just released oh. like last week. So excellent timing. Yeah. So oh, there are fun. two main, <laughs> main cycles. Um, and so one would be that you're bleeding on the new moon and that would be considered a white moon cycle. So just to understand why it's called a white moon cycle, if you're bleeding on the new moon, so the dark moon, then you're ovulating on the full moon. And so if you're ovulating on the full moon, then the white moon, the bright white full moon stays like white and bright and clean during the ovulation time. Whereas the opposite of that would be you are bleeding on the full moon and that's called a red moon cycle. So if you think about the imagery of like blood covering the white moon, that would make the moon red. So the moon when it's full and can be seen is like red for you because you're bleeding. And so then you would ov ovulate on the new moon. Um, on the new moon if you're on a red moon cycle so yes traditionally like i said most women would have been bleeding around new moon ovulating around full moon this is the white moon cycle and these are kind of like energies or archetypes that have been assigned to them i personally find a lot of resonance with this but it's not like a medical fact right so i would say if it resonates with you go with it if not you know leave it um so the white moon cycle is one, like you were saying, that aligns with like the mother energy because you are ovulating on the full moon, your fertile time of the month, that inner summer energy occurs when the moon is full, which is like the moon's most fertile time, the earth's most fertile time. And so it is this fertile energy aligning with this fertile energy, which just amplifies that in your life. And so it encourages that, um, motherhood that like conception or birthing process so if you're on a white moon cycle you might find yourself very attentive to mothering tasks now this could mean that you're actually a mother or you're trying to conceive I've met many 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 women who when they start trying to conceive they switch over to a white moon cycle right mm -hmm. not trying to like it just happens um, so maybe you're trying to start a family maybe you're focused on your family maybe you're not a mother and don't desire to be a mother but you're focused on mothering tasks like you're very attentive to your relationships and your home right the kind of things we would archetypally associate with a mother tending to those around you right in this nurturing mothering state again whether or not you are a actual like biological mom um so that would be like white moon cycle kind of drawing energy inward you're pulling energy towards yourself from an energetic perspective if you're on a white moon cycle so that you can tend to yourself tend to those around you all of that mothering energy red moon cycle on the flip side again this would be ovulating during the new moon and bleeding on the red moon that red of your blood dripping onto the moon is the imagery there the red moon cycle this would have been considered like the wise woman's um cycle historically, especially during more matriarchal societies, because less women bled during this time of the month. And so if you were bleeding this during this time of the month, what it means is that you were in your inner summer extroverted time when most other women were bleeding. So if you were in that place where you had energy to give back to the rest of the women who were bleeding, you naturally were put in this position of like the wise woman, the elder, um, the teacher, um, uh, like priestess, that kind of energy. And so you could tend to other women, nurture them, teach them. And so the red moon cycle, if you're on that cycle, you may find yourself aligning with more 
creative energy. Maybe it is um, sharing what your knowledge, maybe it's a lot of teaching, putting your offerings out into the world. Um, it's an energy, rather than drawing energy in towards yourself, you're more giving it back. And so it's this time of, yeah, like the sorceress, the priestess, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the like prophesying basically, um, kind of that like witchy wise woman wisdom energy. And so if you find yourself shift really quickly from one toward the other, which I did recently, I was on a new moon cycle and I shifted. Yeah. Same. Like you said, in two months, I shifted to, um, a red moon cycle and it was very much in alignment with what was going on in my life. And so if you shift very quickly, especially in a short period of time, my question would be, are you noticing yourself transition from one archetype to the other? Were you more focused on your home, your relationships, and now you're more focused on giving back to the world, um, offering things to others, teaching, leading, guiding, especially other women? Mm. How cool is that? Our bodies are just so amazing, like the way that they do this. And it's, it's so cool to kind of be in this space now, finally, where we're all talking about it and just, just knowing like, so you don't feel so, I don't know, alien to your own body. It just feels so amazing to, to feel that. And I'm so appreciative. I know we're like, we're not through all the cycles yet, but I'm just appreciative that you're doing this work and that like you're helping others and you are speaking to all of this and shedding light on it because it's something we should all know. Like we should know our cycles. We should be intimate with them. Like we shouldn't be confused, but so many of us just, you know, grew up and they're like throwing a tampon at you and they're like, good luck to you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and even, even understanding just that we are on a month-long cycle. Like, I think that knowledge in itself, like, really internalizing that can be deeply transformative because until you start to get into this work, usually when people say your cycle, what people think of is your period. You're like, oh, that just means the days I'm bleeding. And so that's our only understanding of it. Our understanding is, okay, well, I'm just, like, my normal self which is the same all the time. I'm who I am. And then I have these couple days a month where I bleed and I'm maybe a little different. And maybe a few days before that I have PMS, which we'll get into inner autumn in a minute. We can talk all about that. Um, but it's really, we don't understand that we are cyclical. It's this month long changing and the inner winter bleeding time is just a segment of that. And there are so many other gifts and offerings that we can tap into in the whole month. Yeah, I think how transformative would it be if this was like part of our sex education curriculum that you get when you're in, you know, starting what, fifth, sixth grade and they're teaching you about your body, which like, I don't even remember the, those classes, but I remember they were woefully not educating me. Um, yeah, if this was part of it, like when you start menstruating, you start experiencing these monthly changes that tell you you are a cyclical being and that life is going to be a lot easier if you align with your cycle. Yeah. And even and helping men to understand this too and teaching our little boys, like this is, this is part of it because if more men understood that we are cyclical beings and it's not just like, Ooh, she's raging because she's bleeding from her vagina. It's like, no, you, it, it's, it's an understanding that allows us all to work together more and to respect each other more and to feel more cohesive as a society. And so I think it, it's just, it's invaluable. It's going back to such basics, but at the same time, it's not basics if we don't have them. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so special about being alive at this point in history. And what I'm so grateful for is we are in this season where we are returning to the basics. We're returning to this really like ancient wisdom that was just common knowledge thousands of years ago. 
But this time we also have all the scientific understanding to really back it up and apply it to our lives, our modern day lives. Like it is not something that was in the past and now we've evolved out of it. No, our bodies have not changed right in the past several thousand years. Um, They're still living on those cycles but now we really understand and we can say, yes, this is true. It's not just what women are saying. It's not just like a wives tale. No, it is biologically backed. And yeah, in terms of teaching men about it, I have found that most like male partners, when their like female partners start learning about this, they are just as empowered by it as their female partners, because it really makes a lot of sense to them. And sometimes being the outside um, perspective, like being the male partner who's not experiencing these cycles, sometimes they're able to see things about the cycles before their female partner can, if the female partner has not been educated about it. Right. So sometimes that language can come out like, Oh, are you near the time of the month? Because that's just the language they've been given. I don't know. I have this interesting like relationship with that phrase because yeah, it kind of makes me super angry because it's dismissive of the deep intuition that women are tapping into during that time of the month. And they haven't been given other language, right? They need to be educated too. And so they're just saying, Hey, I'm noticing a change in your behavior. You okay? Like, can we talk about it? How do we do things differently? And noticing that change is important because if women have been taught, Oh, I shouldn't change. Then our response can be anger. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's okay. You are fine, but there is a change compared to how you were two weeks ago. And that's okay. And it's beautiful. And let's approach it from that perspective. Yes, a hundred percent. It's, it's empowering on, on all levels. And, you know, it goes into just us becoming human beings with each other again and being able to communicate. Cause I know one of the things that comes up a lot for me when I'm doing one-on-one work with people is like, Hey, with relationships, you do have to communicate with your partner. You can't just expect your partner to intuit everything you want and then be angry when they don't know. So it's a similar thing where it's like, okay, they don't have any language to express the change they see. And when they do use the language they've been given, it's, it's very, it's, it's aggressively irritating for most most part, especially it's usually pointed out during the next one we're going to talk about. Right. Which is like not the best time to, to be like, Oh, you're so edgy with like, what's wrong with you? You know? And I don't know, I'm sure you're going to talk about this, but I find like for me during like that, the, the PMS week, anything that I have, like anything that I haven't been honest about communicating that has been bothering me during the rest of the month, that will be the time that I am passive aggressively raging about it. And so if you say one thing to me, it's like almost like, oh, we've had the whole fight. You don't know about it, but now you're dead to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, just snaps. I would clap and I'm holding my phone with one hand. Yes. <laughs> That is absolutely what comes up during the next phase, which is inner autumn or your premenstrual phase. And so this is days like 21-ish to 28, the last week or so of your cycle, if you're on an average 28-day cycle. Um, What happens during this time is that coming out of inner summer, inner summer was when your estrogen and testosterone peaked, your energy was at its highest, your um, serotonin was at its highest because it's linked to your estrogen levels those drop off. So as you enter inner autumn, your energy, estrogen, testosterone, and serotonin like plummet basically. And what rises in its place is noradrenaline and progesterone. So, oh, noradrenaline and cortisol and progesterone. Noradrenaline and cortisol are stress hormones. So cortisol, um, are you familiar with 
cortisol like as a hormone it's basically a stress hormone like when you go into fight or flight response your body kicks in adrenaline and cortisol um and so it is the stress hormone and then noradrenaline has adrenaline in the second part of the word right so we can understand it through our understanding of adrenaline kind of ramps you up noradrenaline is actually nicknamed the dragon hormone so it can make you a little like dragony like high Thing. Um, and so those two rise. What also rises is progesterone. And so progesterone has main impacts that are easiest to understand in terms of our cycle. Um, progesterone has a calming impact on the body. So it calms you down, um, quiets you, encourages you to start slowing down, and it makes you much more observant or critical. And so you'll notice things that you maybe were not noticing a week or two ago. You're, you are more um, observant and noticing things around you, especially things that are out of alignment that feel unsafe or incorrect, either in your environment or life overall, or often it shows up in relationships. And so the reason for this is that after your ovulating week, after that inner summer week, either like one of two things has happened biologically, either you have conceived and so you are now pregnant and your body needs to protect this child, right? And you probably don't know you're pregnant yet, but your body knows. And so you need to protect this new life or you are about to start bleeding, either of which is going to put you in a really vulnerable state from an evolutionary perspective, right? We live in this very safe culture nowadays where we're not having to worry about our physical safety um, the vast majority of the time, thankfully. That wasn't the case 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 years ago, which our bodies are still set up to thrive in that kind of survival environment. And so when you transition into this inner autumn, your body is basically like, hey, we are about to be extra vulnerable or we are already vulnerable and we're protecting potentially another life. We're about to start bleeding. Like things are less safe and we are less capable physically than we were a week ago. So we have this rising of stress hormones and this rising of progesterone that helps us notice anything around us that is unsafe. So it would be like you're in um, the wilderness and you're like, okay, the branch on that tree is broken. It was not broken when I heard 20 minutes ago. Maybe you wouldn't notice that a week ago, but you were hyper observant. And so that's going to tell you somebody else has been here, some other animal has been here so that you can protect yourself, right? And so this still is happening to our brains. And so what this means is that we notice things around us that are out of alignment, that are not serving us. The stress hormones are raging a little bit, but like I said, progesterone calms you down. So it's actually this really like amazingly um, like well-orchestrated gift that our bodies give us where we can notice what's wrong, but we have the progesterone to calm us. So not if there was no progesterone there it would just be like stress hormones crazy raging but we also get to experience this calm and so because of that the gifts of this um time of your cycle are insight noticing things that are out of alignment um, it's a great time for editing and revising criticalness or observation is actually a gift right when directed in an unhelpful way critical really harmful to ourselves and to others but when directed positively and when we understand that what's showing up and how to work with it it is an amazing gift for creating the lives we really want to have um it's mm -hmm. also a great like honesty transparency truth telling because you do not have all the serotonin that tells you like i'm fine everything's fine life's amazing no stress hormones are rising and so your brain says um, that's a problem. It's actually been a problem for the past two and a half weeks, but I'm finally enough to say something about it. So it's this time where we're more likely to speak our truth. Um, each phase has an archetype. I haven't mentioned 
forget for the other phases, but I'm definitely going to mention it for this one. The archetype of inner autumn, the wild and wise woman. So mm. both wild. Isn't that awesome? I love it. Wild. Yes. Woman. Yeah. And so if you think about what things that women have not been allowed to be for a large portion of recent history, basically since, you know, women's wisdom became very threatening and all the witches got burned, right? It was not be wild or wise. If you're wild, you're a threat to the patriarchy. If you're a wise, if you're wise, you're a threat to the patriarchy. So don't show those parts of yourself. And so when this archetype is naturally coming up in our inner autumn and we don't understand what's happening to our bodies biologically, we don't understand the gift of this phase to speak our truth, notice what's out of alignment, call things out and start to say, hey, that's a problem. Let's change it. Let's change it in the next month or so. Um, when we don't know this, it can just feel really frustrating. And that's part of why this cycle or this phase of our cycle is so misunderstood and so honestly hated um, by society at large. Wow. So... There is a Lana Del Rey song that has been in my head for the past week. And it, I think it's, it's chemtrails over the country club. And there is a line in there that she says, I'm not unhinged. I'm not unhappy. I'm just so strange and wild. Mm. And every time I hear that, I'm like, that's how I feel right now. Cause it's like, it's not like anything's wrong necessarily, but it's like, I don't have a lot of tolerance for any misalignment right now. And the things that I do see that are misaligned, if I'm not in a place where I'm ready to say something, it's almost like my whole body's like, why not? <laughs> Set fire to the rain, Sarah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love this. This is the best archetype ever. It's going to make me rethink how much I don't like this week. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting because this is absolutely my favorite phase of the inner seasons. Wow. Um, I love my inner autumn, which I did not used to. Like my only understanding of my inner autumn before I knew it was called inner autumn, before I even like even really had the term premenstrual phase. Um, my ex-husband would say things like, oh, like, are you, are you five days out? Like, are you five days out from your period? Because he would notice kind of a change in my behavior five days out. And right, it just pissed me off. Because I was like, maybe, I think so, I don't know, but I'm actually mad about these things, so don't dismiss it. And when I started to understand my cycle, I really tapped into, you know, I really have been upset about these things for weeks. And now I finally have, honestly, the courage to say something about it. And so this season is, I really believe it's incredibly important for us to reclaim this phase of our cycle because of that archetype, because of it being the wild and wise woman. And I think reclaiming the wild and wise woman phase, this inner autumn season is essential to the divine feminine rising. Mm. And this is the phase where we're like moving into dark moon and then almost into new moon. And this this really is that time of like getting the ground fertile, right? And like, like you were saying, like this would be when you're protecting what you've just conceived. Yeah. So that's like, right? Like it's so yeah. magical. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's also a time of like harvesting and wrapping things up. Like if you think about autumn in nature, it's a time of, okay, harvesting, pulling in your crops, looking at what's um, like what you've produced, maybe making note of, oh, that didn't go so well. We're going to change that for the next year, or the next cycle. Um, and then slowing down and preparing for inner winter, right? So stocking up, making sure that you were going to be well tended to in the darkness of inner winter. Yes and aligning with um, 
the waning moon and approaching the dark new moon time. Mm. It's so magical. And it's like, you know, a lot of what I do is working with the moon cycles and it works. It, it, it holds hands amazingly with everything that you're talking about because it's like, you know, I always tell people, you, you never lose an opportunity to adjust because every month you have the opportunity to see what worked, throw away what you didn't like, plant new seeds. Like you are given this gift every single month. That's nature's support to us that we're part of this cycle. And just being, it's like putting the, I don't know what the word, it's putting the honor of being a woman back into this society instead of a burden, histrionic, over-emotional. It's like all of those things that before were talked about as weaknesses are actually the places where our superpowers are. And as we start to demystify and tap into that, like all of our magic just is like, mm -hmm. <sighs> Yes. Yeah, I love, I love that idea of like the weaknesses are actually our strengths. Also, I'm looking a little sweaty, just, you know, bear with me. I'm in Maui. I'm in my car. I don't have the air on because I don't want it to mess with the audio. So that's what we're dealing with. Embracing um, <laughs> a little bit of that wild woman doesn't care energy. Um, yeah, really understanding that our weaknesses, what we thought our weaknesses, we, oftentimes those are our gifts, right? And sometimes it's just perspective shift and understanding them, right? Because, oh, wow, you're super critical this week. That sounds like a weakness when I understand, no, I'm more observative. Um, I am able to notice things that are incorrect in my life. Suddenly that's a gift and a superpower. It's a pivot and mm -hmm. it, it changes everything. Yeah. So Britta, we're wrapping up our hour. So can you tell people how they can work with you? What do you have going on? Yeah, so I have several offerings. Um, so I'm a feminine empowerment coach. I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for women who are really wanting to optimize their lives. Like it's not just about, I want to understand my cycle. It's I want to achieve my goals and not be burnt out. Like I want to experience a life of ease and abundance. And the menstrual cycle is just a tool, part of our holistic um, body system to help us get there, right? It creates so much more ease while we are achieving our goals. And so I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. Right now I have an eight week program um, available and I'm about to upgrade it to a three month and a six month program. So that'll be shifting sometime in May. Um, I also have an online course in women's circle, which is a four week course in intimate women's circle called inner seasons immersive it is reopening for enrollment this summer but you can get on the wait list for it if you're like super excited um and you want to you know learn more about that and be sure you can claim your spots so you can get all that through my website uh, my website is brittahamilton.com i'm also on instagram and tiktok at britta.hamilton Yes. And I, oh, and I have cycle freebies too. If you're like interested in this and you want to start aligning with it, um, I have two cycle guides. One is an introduction to inner season. So covering some of the information we went over um, in this chat and giving you some suggestions for how to get started and how to start aligning your energy. And then the other one is um, five easy ways to honor your bleeding time. And so I highly recommend downloading both of those. It's a great like base point if this sounds interesting but also overwhelming um i would suggest checking those out awesome so guys if you're in restoration i'll post all of britta's information in the group there and i highly recommend going and following her on tiktok too because it's just i love tiktok i'm so into it <laughs> me too i, I yeah so it's incredibly 
educational, especially when you know, when you really understand how the algorithm is working and whatever you want to see, like just scroll past the things you don't want to see and really engage with the things you do want to see. And it'll just keep giving you the goodies. It really does. I've been, I've been really surprised by some of the things that come through and then I'm like, Ooh, how do you know this about me? <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. I'm like, you know what? Cool. You were helping me up level my life. Thank you. <laughs> not mad at all. Well, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It was such a pleasure to get to know you and see your beautiful face live. Yes, thank you for having me. This was a joy. And um, yeah, it's just the most natural thing for me to talk about. So thank you for giving me a platform to share about it with you all. My pleasure. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Mwah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This will stay on my IGTV. And then I will also be putting it on the podcast. Not today, but tomorrow. <laughs> Amazing. That's so quick. Your turnaround time. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Wrap it up, you know, get it out before the bleeding time starts. You can go deep into your internal inner winter world. I'm here for it. Thank you so much, Britta. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye, guys. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>